If I've said it once, I have said it a million times. If you have a student who needs to take a break, they're gonna take a break, whether you're willing to give it to them or not. Welcome to The Noodle Nook, a podcast for teachers where we break down the best tips, tricks, and tools to help educators teaching students with complex access needs and significant disabilities, including autism. I'm Io, your host, and I help teachers create the classroom of their dreams with practical strategies and actionable steps that won't leave you feeling overwhelmed. Let's jump into this episode. All right, in this episode, we are talking all about using a break card. And break cards are pretty straightforward, but they are really very powerful if you've got a student who takes breaks the wrong way. (laughs) Like by walking out of the classroom, putting their head down and checking out of the instruction, or causing a disruption that destroys the entire flow of your classroom. Yeah, if any of that stuff is happening to you, you need a break card. All right, so a break card is just a card that might say, I need a break on it. And it really does help students to cope with emotional overwhelm and stress and maybe just figure out a normative way to take a minute to regroup. Usually it is a very small visual cue, right? Often a card, sometimes a signal that helps a student with by giving them a proactive way to communicate what they need. And when we are working with students with special needs who are feeling overwhelmed or frustrated or anxious or just need a breather, when they can discreetly show you a card or a signal that they need a break, it a lot of times circumvents much more disruptive behavior. Basically, we're getting out in front of the behavior before it happens instead of reacting to a terrible behavior after it happens. So these unassuming little cards really are a lifeline for students who struggle with emotional regulation or have difficulty expressing their feelings in a pro-social way. Honestly, using a break card helps a student to be better at self-reflection and understanding their needs and feelings before they blow up with unwanted behaviors. So clearly, break cards are amazing, right? (laughs) But here are a few reasons why you might want to use a break card in your classroom. First off, Again, I think break cards are super simple, but very powerful when used the right way. And they are especially useful for students who are dealing with things like emotional overwhelm, because they can use a break card to kind of pause the surge of overwhelming emotions and take a moment to step back and regain composure before they get out of control. It helps students who are easily frustrated or are getting frustrated to use their break card and have a moment to step away, refocus, and return to the task with a fresh set of eyes, a fresh perspective. They are especially useful for students who get overstimulated and kind of become overwhelmed by too much sensory input in a busy classroom. A break card just allows them with an appropriate way to say, I need a break. I need to go into a place without all of this sensory input, and I'm going to come back when I'm ready. It's helpful for students who feel anxiety or stress. They might need to access your calm down corner or do some deep breathing exercises and remove themselves and take a bit of a break. And by allowing them a way to collect themselves, it really does make a significant uh, difference in how a student is able to engage in classroom activities and deal with their emotions. If you have a student who is really struggling with self-regulation, they might need a break card because they're really learning how to manage emotions and get in touch with their own needs and meet them in an appropriate manner. So here you are offering a break card, which is a positive way to seek a break before emotions escalate and we get to the disruptive behaviors. 
And then finally, a break card can be really helpful in preventing escalation, right? As the teacher, you can also proactively use a break card as a preventative measure. When you see a student who needs a break, you can use the break card to kind of stop a chain of behavior from escalating and becoming disruptive and resetting the student by allowing them to access a calm down corner or you know, signaling that they need to do a calming routine. So there are a ton of benefits to students in using some of these break cards. So let's talk about implementing a break card. First off, if you want to see what a break card looks like, just hop on over to the website at www.noodlenook.net and you can search for break cards in the search box and you'll find a post that shows a couple different examples and also gives you a few more ideas of the types of students that break cards could work for if you're still kind of questioning whether or not it's appropriate for you and your students. But when it comes to implementing these cards, remember they work from elementary through high school because it's really just a visual cue to establish a different type of behavior routine, which means it's super user-friendly and practical at any age. And it means that it should be a tool in your teaching toolbox. So let's talk about implementation. First off, you wanna introduce break cards, right? You're gonna sit down with the student and explain what a break card is. Make sure you're explaining break cards when a student is in a calm state, right? You're not gonna wait until they're amped up or they're feeling anxious and then try to introduce a break card. When everyone is nice and calm and cool, we're gonna introduce the idea of a break card. Be sure that you are using a picture symbol that makes sense to the students or language that makes sense to the student. If they are beyond having a visual card specifically, you can use a gesture to signal a break that you and the student will understand. All right, so the second step is to recognize when break cards are used. So we have to remind our student that break cards are not like the universal get out of work free cards. <laughs> I like to use a break board with my break cards so that my students know that they only get a certain number of breaks in a given amount of time, right? In one class period, you're only allowed three breaks or in one school day, you're only allowed five breaks or in one uh, task, you are only allowed one break. So whatever's appropriate for your student, I like to use a break board so they really can see how many breaks they've used, how many breaks they can use and how many are remaining, right? So when you have your students uh, getting ready to implement the break card, you also wanna establish what a break looks like. Yeah, you have got to set some very clear expectations and rules about what a break looks like. For some students, especially those who might be struggling with ADHD or have a little bit of hyperactivity, when they use a break card, it might be their pass to go into the hallway, go for a walk and come back to class. Yes, that does work for some students. It could be that when a student uses a break card, they access the calm down corner and they have a calming sequence that they go through or are allowed to put on um, noise canceling headphones for a few minutes with using a timer before they come back to work. It could be that when a student uses a break card, they're allowed to go into a special area of the classroom where they're allowed to just find their center. And after a certain amount of time that's preset, they come back to work. And finally, you could decide that when a student uses a break card or puts it face up on their desk, you're gonna permit them to put their head down for a specific amount of time or until they feel ready to work. 
The thing here is that you have to know why a student is having negative behaviors related to the break. Are they trying to escape from work? Are they trying to get attention? What is the function of the behavior? And if you want to read more on function of behavior, head on over to the website, type in function of behavior, and you will be able to see a few of the ideas to kind of get your, your brain humming about why a student might be having disruptive behaviors. All right, so next in implementation is to figure out how a student is going to signal for a break. If you have a card, are they just going to put it face up on their desk? Are they going to show it to you? Do they have to wait for you to acknowledge the card before they take their break? Or do they just put the card up and then they can go? So kind of getting some rules in place about how you're going to recognize the signal so that it doesn't disrupt other students and it doesn't um, disrupt kind of the flow of what's going on. So figure out what that signal is going to look like and how you're going to acknowledge that break. Next, you want to figure out how a student is going to return back after the break. How long is the break? We've already established, but when they come back, do they have to check in with you? Do they need to have a debrief or do they just go right back to their desk or learning space and start getting back to work? What do you want that to look like? Next, come up with a way that you are going to reinforce with positivity, right? You might have a student who comes back to their learning space and they don't have to check in with you. Maybe they look up at you and you can give them a wink or a high five or go over and give them a reassuring touch. How are you going to reinforce that they're, they're doing the right thing so that they stay motivated and engaged not only in the lesson, but in this proactive process that you're establishing? And then finally, consistency. <laughs> when we come, when it comes to implementation, we want to make sure that we're consistent. So check in with your team, right? If you've got paraeducators in the classroom, if you've got a team of teachers who are working with a student, you all want to be implementing these types of cards in the same way so that a student becomes reassured and comfortable that they are going to be able to have their needs met when they buy into the system. So figure out how your team can be as consistent as humanly possible. Believe me, when you take these practical steps, you'll be well on your way to creating a more inclusive and supportive classroom environment. I promise. I mean, ultimately, this is all about getting a student what they need when they need it. And like I said at the start of this podcast, when your students need a break, they're going to take it whether you're willing to give it to them or not. Because ultimately, that break is serving a function. So if you want to get ahead of behaviors, set up and establish how breaks are going to work with your student so that you can manage and avoid behavior issues before they happen at all. All right, so I love to give a couple of examples of how you can use this tool in your classroom because I think sometimes just hearing some real life situations can make a difference in how you might choose to implement a tool like this. Remember, these work in middle school, elementary, high school. It, it, they work all over, right? So. Let's talk about a couple of scenarios here. What do you do if you have a student who likes to elope? You may want to introduce a break card. If you've got a student who likes to flee from the classroom when they're feeling overwhelmed, remember that's the function, they're trying to escape the overwhelm, your primary objective could be that you want to keep them in the classroom. So teach them to use the break card so that when they are feeling overwhelmed, they have a, a, a positive way to access a space or safe place within the classroom, like maybe a calm down corner. And once they go through their calming sequence or have a moment to regain their composure, maybe they are setting a timer to do that, they're gonna return seamlessly to the activity and then afterwards you are going to ask them if everything's okay, just as a little touch base, right? But when they have an appropriate way to ask for a break, 
less likely to elope. You could have a student who is wandering within the room. Now, a student who's wandering in the room may be challenged with focus and staying on task, and it could have a little bit to do with restlessness, right? Just the need to move. So implementing a break card would be an opportunity for a student to access a designated area within the classroom, and within that space, you might have an adaptive seating tool, or maybe in that space they are allowed to stand up and work, or pace back and forth to spend a little bit of their energy with some movement. And then when they're done and they're ready to get back to their seats, they transition back to their seat or learning task. You might have a student who puts their head down during activities. And so you're looking for a way to kind of get them back and engaged. Well, you can use a break card to do that. It's important here to understand why a student is putting their head down. It could be caused by a knowledge gap where students are struggling with the learning materials, or sometimes it could just be sheer overwhelm. So when you offer this break card, it really is helpful to know why. If you have a student who's struggling with a knowledge gap or a learning gap, it might be that a break card is not the best choice. Maybe we need to get a peer or a paraeducator to offer some one-to-one -one support. But it could be that if it's because of overwhelm or anxiety that the head is going down, a break card is a great way for you to implement a tool that allows a student to say, I'm not checking out, I'm just trying to recenter myself. So at their desk, they might put their break card up so that you can see it and put their head down for a few minutes. And I would say there's a designated amount of time that their head can be down. And when they're ready, they're gonna return to the lesson and turn the break card over. Um, and then don't forget, we have students who struggle with sensory input and anxiety. And so you can use the break card with them. If you want to read a couple of examples, check out the post on the website. The point here is that for each of these scenarios, you want to implement a strategy that's going to help the student get their needs met in a way that is appropriate and non-disruptive. And since break cards are really so helpful in multiple situations and with a variety of students, really, be thoughtful of how you can implement them to help as many students as possible <laughs> because it really does improve self-regulation and self-awareness. So hopefully you have completely brought, bought into break cards for students, not just those with autism, but students with disabilities who are struggling with behaviors in the classroom. Or if you're struggling a little bit with classroom management because of it, check out break cards. I think they are an awesome intervention system. If you want some printable break cards, you can pop on over to the website at www.noodlenook.net and check out the tools in the behavior toolkit. There are break cards inside of that toolkit and honestly, so many more. But the best part is the break cards come with an implement implementation guide to help you get this intervention started. Whew, feels like a lot. It's not. You got this. In no time at all, your class will be on point. I have faith in you. Before we wrap up, I want to invite you to join the tens of thousands of other teachers just like you who are getting valuable tips and insights right in their inbox. By subscribing to the Noodle Nook newsletter at www.noodlenook.net slash inbox, you will stay in the loop and keep those teaching gears turning. So hop on over and join the community today. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss out on any more great content, be sure that you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to us. All right, y'all, it's Ayo here at Noodle Nook reminding you to stay strong and teach on.